Okay. Um, Jerry let us know that he was not feeling well tonight. And so I believe he contacted Marlo, who has agreed to serve as chair for tonight's meeting. So Marlo, I'll let you open things up and then you can turn it back to me for the um, housekeeping stuff. All right. Welcome, everybody. Filling in for Jerry. We hope he starts feeling better soon. I have a little bit of a migraine today, so I'm just giving you some fair disclosure if I seem a little cloudy just because that. But we'll begin. Uh, Porter, do you want to start off with the housekeeping message? Sure. Um, good evening, everybody. Um, this is just a few housekeeping items for the Zoom meeting tonight. Um, this meeting is, is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting if necessary. And please remember to state your name each time you speak for the benefit of those participating remotely. Uh, now I'll turn the meeting back over to Marlo. So we'll call the meeting to order. This is the Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission, October 13th, 2021. We'll start with a roll call. Christina Walker. Oh, I have to move my thing over here. Okay, sorry. Okay, Christina, did you wave? I missed you. And we'll need to have a voice confirmation of attendance, please. All right, so we'll try that again. Christina, will you give us a hear? Christina, I'm here. Daniel Smith. I'm here. Mary Depton. I'm here. James Alexander. Here. Denise Stone. Here. Dina Amat. Sorry about that delay. Dina Amat, I'm here. Joshua Foley. Present. That's all I have visual. I don't think anybody else is joining us uh, in another way. So that's great. Uh, first item up for business, approving minutes from September 8th. Anybody have any comments on the minutes? If not, I'll entertain a motion to approve. I second that motion. Did we have a first on that one? I'll take a, I'll first that motion. Great, thank you, James. I second. Thank you, Denise. All right, so minutes are approved. Uh, no, now you call for a vote. Okay, calling for the vote, okay. And, and please do that by voice too. We just doing this um, to make sure if anybody's listening on YouTube, they can hear it as well. So just like the roll call? Yep. Okay, perfect. Uh, Christina Walker? Approve. Daniel Smith? Uh, I was not present, so I will abstain. Mary Debton? Approve. James Alexander? Approve. Dina Amat? Dina Amat, approve. Joshua Foley? Yay. Denise Stone? I just remembered that I wasn't present, so I cannot approve. <laughs> so do we need a new second on that motion, Porter? 
Hmm. I, I think because she's a board member, she can she can move to approve, um, but she then she can abstain. So she she's effectively going through the process. Awesome. So I think we're good to go. So basically, two abstentions and um, otherwise unanimous. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, that's correct. Thank you. Okay, next item is public comment. Do we have any public comment at this time? There is no one here in the city commission room for public comment. All right, moving on. New business mural proposal, Louis Kopp for Mastery Music. I see Louis there joining us today. Thanks for coming. Uh, do, does he do a presentation first or do we address some business and then let him respond? Um, I think if, if you can do your presentation, um, that'd be the best way to start. Okay. All right. Louis, you have the floor. I think you're muted. You're we muted. You. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you yeah. go. Did you did everybody get a copy of my proposal? Yes. yes. Okay. Um I really don't have a formal presentation. Um uh, I would just here to answer questions and to see if anybody, uh, you know, had any comments or questions about my proposal. I see Joshua has his hand up. Joshua. Yeah, I, I would uh, just request a kind of a summary, just a brief sort of rundown of, of, of the process and, 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 and what you're doing and how you, how you plan to get it done and just a sure, uh, sure. yeah, brief terms. To. Okay, um, about a month ago or so, I approached, um, there we go, I approached Jim Baggett, who owns Mass Street Music, and uh, noticed that his building would be a perfect location for a mural because of the people driving into downtown Lawrence, they would go right past his building and uh, see that corner on 14th and uh, Massachusetts Street. And so, uh, that supporter screen, are you good? Are you trying to get the proposal back up there? Porter, we can't see the shared screen anymore. It went up and then it disappeared. Now we just see your desktop. Ah, uh, yeah, is it? Joshua, I would like to commend you on your gloriously clean and spectacular desktop. <laughs> and not like mine anyway. No. Um, can you see, sorry, can you, sorry, there's a lot going on here. Can you see it now? Yeah. Okay, Let's great. See. All right. So let me go through this way. Okay. Yeah. If we can kind of just scroll down there a, a little bit. Yeah. It will be on the corner there of 14th and Massachusetts street and it faces uh, central or limited Memorial central middle school. And uh, the mural will be visible from the classroom uh, across the street. Uh, I wanted to do a prairie fire mural because uh, if you can scroll down a little bit farther, please. Uh, you know, mastery music has been there for a long time and, uh, you know, music and the prairie have been intertwined for many years. I, I don't know how many of you have been to the symphony in the Flint Hills, but it's a great event. And, uh, you know, I think having this prairie fire, which is uh, 
a symbol of renewal and strength of the prairie on the side of the building that sells music and musical instruments was just really a, a great fit. Uh, and Jim was all excited about it, and uh, he thought it was a great idea uh, as well. And uh, if we can scroll down a little bit more. More? Yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, the, they burn the, I don't know if you're familiar with the burning of the Flint Hills, but uh, they burn every spring, and it's a renewal process as opposed to destructive fires where uh, it keeps the Flint Hills the Flint Hills. It makes the prairie the prairie. It keeps the weeds down and the trees, and uh, it just promotes the growth of the grasses. And so I went around the neighborhood and I got letters of support from uh, the school. Uh, Jim's children went to Bishop Seabury. And so I got a letter of support from them, which I thought was a great connection because he had students there at, uh, at that school and in the Barker Neighborhood Association. And uh, recently I went across the street and talked to uh, the neighbors there at the two businesses or the business the, um, the, the yeah elevate wellness and uh, they were all for the mural and and would welcome that to the neighborhood as well so I have several letters of support from neighbors and uh, the school across the street and my plan was also to uh, contact some students both at Bishop Seabury and at uh, the high school, uh, the junior high there to have art students come when the mural painters are actually working and then have them talk about the process, how they do a mural, why they do a mural and, you know, just to encourage the, the art students, uh, you know, to see the process because a lot of times all we see is the mural finished on the wall and how did it get there? And I think it's important for the students to know uh, the process of, you know, the mural from start to finish. And uh, both Isaac and, and Isaac and Rico are professional mural painters from Kansas City, and they listed uh, their accomplishments uh, at the end of this proposal, and uh, they're going to assist me in the painting of the mural. And uh, so I, I'm very excited about having them uh, there to talk to the students as well. So if we could scroll down a little bit more. So I, I know we're getting kind of weather driven here um, because, uh, you know, we're just kind of running out of nice days to paint. So, and I know this process has to go through the city commission on the 19th. So we're hopefully uh, going to get started late in October, first part of November, if uh, the weather goes well and we get our uh, approval. So could we scroll down a little bit more? And, uh, Here's the, the letter from Jim saying that it was okay with him that I, you know, do this mural on the side of his building, which is pretty standard. Okay, scroll down more, please. And then this is all the copyright and maintenance materials. There won't be any text in the mural. It won't be a sign. The only text will be my signature at the bottom. Okay, a little bit more. And then we can go past, you can, I don't know if you want to pause to read all these letters of support, but uh, they're, they're there if you want to refer to those. 
and uh, scroll down a little bit more. And then there's the actual, you know, the, the image may be tweaked a little bit differently uh, size because I'm, I'm not that skilled at Photoshop, but that's my best rendering of uh, the mural, which will be about eight to 10 feet tall by 12 feet wide. And it's not like a huge mural that would cover the entire wall. So uh, the process of painting that would probably only take one or two days with these professional mural painters and myself working on like three people working. So if we could scroll down a little bit more. And here is a mural that I worked with these two guys in Kansas City uh, to do a prairie fire painting of the Waldo area. And we involved uh, students from one of the local schools there to actually help paint with the mural. Okay, a little bit more down. And uh, several years ago, I worked with the uh, mural artist and uh, crop artist Stan Hurd to do a very large mural in Emporia of the Flint Hills. And uh, this mural required scaffolding and many, many days of, of work. And again, we worked with local high school or junior high kids who came and did chalk uh, on the sidewalk uh, as inspiration from the mural as we were. So uh, I think it's real important to involve students and uh, kids on these projects. So we could scroll a little bit more. And then this is just kind of my resume, uh, you know, the private collections that I'm in and blah, 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 that sort of stuff. So we can scroll a little bit more and a little bit more down to, uh, and this is Isaac and Rico's work. Uh, they're really incredible guys and uh, they've been doing this for several years and uh, they really know what they're doing. So we can scroll through their work and you can see that they've uh, done work all over Kansas City and they're getting uh, jobs all over the United States now. And uh, they're really uh, great guys. Yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful mural there. Very graphic. And it, there's their references. And there, that's pretty much everything in a nutshell. Great. Well, thank you, Louie. I thought that was wonderful to hear it from you and getting a little bit more context about involving the students in the neighborhood. So I appreciate that. Right. I know we talked a little bit last month about expediting the process for murals. I think just driving around the city has been so wonderful to see that Cotton's mural come to life and the one that's over by the florist on 9th Street. So I'm really supportive of this project and I would love to hear what other people think, but I think he checks a lot of those boxes with community engagement the theme of the work and the professionalism of the presentation that I would love to hear from everybody else from the commission. Daniel. Hey there, Daniel Smith. Um, so I'm really super supportive of the, the, the mural. Um, your reputation speaks for itself. Uh, it looks like a beautiful piece. Um, my main question, you touched on it a little bit and you kind of referenced it also with the Emporia mural. 
uh, is really just the placement of the mural. Um, I feel like the size of that wall and the, the size of the piece, I'm just curious if, if you've given consideration to trying to, you know, fill the space a little more or, or what, what your thoughts are there. Because I think obviously filling the entire side of the building is probably not, not what you're looking to do, but I am, I am curious if you've given any thought to trying to at least extend down a little bit further or, or, or what your thoughts are there. Right. Um, I'm, I think that could be tweaked uh, when we actually get started and get it laid out. Because, you know, if you drive down Massachusetts Street past that intersection, you know, if, if the mural extends farther back on the building, I don't know if you would actually see it from an automobile driving by. I mean, you would if you were a student walking downtown or from uh, the school across the street, you'd see it. But um, in my mind, it's, it's going to be seen mostly by passing vehicles and by moving it clear to the east side of the, the building and, uh, you know, not covering the entire wall. I, I think, it, you know, I think it'll still resonate, but I mean, that's a good point. And uh, I don't think Jim would have any objection to making it any bigger. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Smith, I just feel like, um, I definitely get what you're saying that it's kind of designed so that someone who's driving by will will see it. Uh, so I guess in my mind, making it a little fit this fit the space a little more um, vertically, I could see that as being that's that's really the only the only thing that sticks out to me out of the whole proposal. I think it seems like you have every other uh, aspect um, nailed down. So I would just love to see it fill that space a little more organically. Okay, I mean, like I say, that that can be tweaked when we actually get around it to doing the actual work. Dina, did you have a comment? Yes, I do. Hi, Dina Amont. Um, Louis, I love, love, love your whole proposal. I love the painting, uh, the mural design. I love, love, love that you're including students in the, uh, in the process. Um, and uh, but I'm I'm going to second what Daniel said. Also, I love it so much. I would love for it to be a little bit more. Um, uh, maybe I think it would have a little bit more impact if it was uh, on a little bit larger scale. I see your point though about wanting to attract drivers' attention while driving uh, north on Massachusetts. So so I'm not exactly sure. Uh, how that would look if I were in a car, but I would love to see the scale of it just a little bit larger as well. Um, um, but I, I love everything about it. And I think your application was very well done and very complete. And again, I especially love that you're including students in the whole process. Thank you. Thanks. Hi, I'm Denise Stone. I, um, I agree with Dina. I'd like to see a, a, the mural be a little bit larger. And I loved your application was so thoughtfully completed. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, um, making it larger is really not a problem. You know, I, I, I just didn't want to like make it look like I was just trying to dominate the whole building by, you know, painting as big as I could paint it. So, uh, you know, I think tweaking it up a little bit larger is, pro is probably a good suggestion. I appreciate that. Joshua. Hey, this is Joshua. I don't necessarily just want to heat more praise, uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I do think, I do think, uh, 
I had all the same thoughts that, that my colleagues have had. Like, you know, it, it, on, a, on a large space like that, as you know, on a gallery space, if there's a, you know, a framed painting, it, it makes room for other things. But <clears throat> in terms of, uh, of filled and unfilled spaces, um, mm -hmm. I do like that. And as an educator, I think, I think incorporating students in that process is that that's what sold it for me. I just think that's stellar. I think it's a wonderful thing to do and uh, to ensure that we continue to pass on those those talents, those skills, that knowledge uh, to the next generation is is amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I, you know, young kids need all the encouragement they can get these days, and you know they need role models and, and to see these two. Uh, painters from Kansas City, you know, come in and, and do their thing. I, you know, I just think it would be inspiring for, for the kids. And uh, from Jackie's letter, uh, she teaches over at the school and, and she said that they, they can see it out their window. And so, you know, they can follow the progress of the mural, you know, just watching out the, the window from the school, which I, you know, and they can see it every day after that. And so I think that's a good thing. This, this is Joshua again. I, I also think the subject is great. I think there's that, I think the, uh, um, you know, the notion of, of those controlled and, you know, burns uh, to that rejuvenate our, mm -hmm. our environment is, is spectacular and something that's been done for centuries uh, by, by native people in the communities to ensure that their spaces are, are well taken care of. You know, and that's, that's part of our history. That's part of our uh, culture is, you know, our rural roots that we still have here. You know, even though Lawrence is a city, we there's still a lot of people that burn prairie around Lawrence. And it's, you know, it's, it's an annual thing. And, uh, it's a reminder of our rural roots, I think. Any other questions from commission members? If not, I would entertain a motion to approve, I think with the weather and the impending need for things to move quickly. If anyone would like to make a motion, be great. I'm a, I make a motion to accept and support the mural. I'll second. I'll second. Take <laughs> you to it. <laughs> great, so Porter, do we take a roll call at this point? Yes, please. All right, take a roll call. Daniel Smith. Aye. Joshua Foley. An enthusiastic aye. Mary Devton. Aye. James Alexander. Aye. Christina Walker. Aye. Denise Stone. Aye. Dina Amat. Aye. Okay, I think it's a unanimous vote. Well, thank you all. I, I look you. forward to working on this project and, uh, you know, feel free to stop by <laughs> if you see us working. Thank you so much, Louie, for coming today. This was really great. Okay, should I log off now? You can log, you're welcome to stay, but you're also welcome to log off, your choice. <laughs> okay, I, I guess I'll, I'll log off and let you get to your real business. <laughs> Thank you again. I, I appreciate it. All right. Next up for business, Transit Facility Public Art Project. 
a presentation and review of a draft proposed selection panel. Is that you, Porter, doing that presentation? That is me, and I'm joined by my fellow um, City Hall employee, Adam Weigel, who is the transit manager. Um, Adam, did you want to, I wanted to turn it to you first, if you wanted to give some background and um, what we've been working on, that'd be great. And then we can uh, take a look at the actual um, proposed list. Sure. So good evening, everyone. I'm Adam Weigel. I'm transit and parking manager for the city. And we are moving forward with our transit facility project that is just about 10 years in the making at this point. Um, a couple months ago, we got approval from the city commission to move forward with a concept design out at Bob Billings and Crestline. Uh, this will be a new facility that will um, facilitate transfers for up to eight transit routes at a time, as well as bringing in regional services from K10 Connector, Kansas City, as well as Greyhound will operate out of there. Um, so we're excited that as part of this project, there, are, there is an art component and work with Porter to get an RFQ out there so that we can get an artist on board. Um, it was our intention to leave it pretty open, uh, you know, and, and working with our design team, we wanted to uh, get an artist on board, but then have them work closely with the design so, so that we weren't necessarily prescribing. We were looking for, you know, standalone art or something more integrated to the building itself. We wanted that to be part of the design process itself. So we're hoping to still, still be able to do that. Um, I might screen share for just a little bit to show you the site itself, give you some context of, of what it potentially include. And Porter, I may need help uh, screen sharing, is it? Do that. Oh, hang on. There we go. Now it's, you can do that. So again, this is a uh, concept design. So we are got several more months to uh, finish up through final design. But in general, what you're looking at is got Bob Billings here towards the top of the screen, Crestline Drive to the west. So campus is off to off the right side of the screen to the east. You've got the lead center just to the south. Let me give you some context of where you're looking. Um, Meadowbrook Apartments is across to the north. So I had mentioned those spaces for the eight local bus bays, as well as some commuter service, uh, regional service. The facility itself will not be uh, too large. We're looking at around 4,000 square feet, uh, which is enough to house customer service functions, indoor lobby for passengers, um, a small conference room, restrooms, like that. So the, the programming will come together more specifically as we work through the design process, but not, not a multi-story or large building itself. Um, a lot of the site being, being where the transit vehicles are. There will be um, the central island where passengers can transfer between vehicles and there will be a canopy um, above this as well. So that'll be another architectural component of the site. Small amount of parking and some drop-off areas for people who may be dropping family members or picking up, dropping off people using regional services to the site. So uh, just to provide some context of, of kind of how, how it will be laid out, I think there's a lot of opportunity for um, 
part in a number of different ways. We're, we're excited to see kind of the proposals we got in and in a discussion with the panel to see what, how we think we might want to move forward. I'll just briefly bring this up and order may cover this too, but this is the, this was attached to your packet and is the draft um, panel of folks we envision having help us make this artist selection. So um, aside from me, Allie is the landscape architect at KU who's engaged in the project. Uh, this is a city owned, will be a city owned building and project, but it's on um, KU property. So it's another coordination you know, of services between the city and KU when it comes to transit. Um, so they have a, a vested interest in that. Wendell is our design consultant, architect design consultant. You can see some advisory commissions uh, members that we're hoping to integrate in this process. One from PTAC and hopefully one of you all uh, like to be engaged with us. And then we're also uh, looping in members who are, who are very close to the service and people who will you know, see this every day. So bringing in a bus operator and one of our regular transit passengers that we're still working to identify as part of this. And then Sunset Hill Neighborhood Association is to the north there, and they've been engaged and supportive through the project, um, but will certainly have an interest in, in artistic components that may be included. So I will probably, um, I guess maybe the only other thing I would offer is that timeline-wise, we're aiming for this facility to open in August of 2022. That is not too far away, um, but that's, that's the timeline we're currently sticking with. Um, there is another piece of the project, which is improvements to downtown transfers, as there still will be some number of transfers in the downtown area. But we've got some more community outreach work to do there in August. Uh, mission and the community weren't quite ready to move forward with some of the ideas we had for that area. I know as, as Porter and I put together this RFQ, it was, it was open to the idea that there could be art at both of those locations. We'll have to think more about that as those timelines get a little more separated. I think it's likely that the downtown improvements are probably a full year behind what we're going to do about billings. Um, so that may make it a little more challenging. It may make us think about this art piece really being at the, at the primary site. I'll probably leave it at that, Porter. I'm happy to answer questions or if you wanna round any, any corners I left. No, excellent. Thank you. You did, you did my job for me. I appreciate it. Um, I just wanted to add a little bit. It's been a pleasure working with Adam. And um, as things sometimes go with these public art projects, we're not keeping up as well as we thought with the uh, design process. We're still, you know, keeping it open as it could be some sort of integrated artwork. But that's um, as, as the design progresses and they look at construction, we may or may not be able to do that. So we're, you know, truthfully, we're just sort of keeping everything opened. Um, in my experience, the art projects often sort of have a life of their own. Um, and I tend to trust that because in my experience, that usually works out pretty well and artists are very adaptable. Um, but so, and with that, we had um, 13 um, submittals for the RFQ. Um, and some local artists, some regional artists, and some national artists. And so I think it will be, um, I was a little disappointed by the response, but honestly, having been working in the world of um, um, personnel recruitment, 
Um, things across the board seem to be kind of slow. I don't know what's going on out there, so it's a little puzzling. Um, but anyway, we have some good candidates, um, and so I think it's a good opportunity for this panel to dive in, as we have with other projects, and you know, learn together and um, select the artist that's most appropriate for this opportunity. And happily, I will say also the design team has been very receptive and is more than willing to, you know, work with with the artists in some way, shape or form um, as we progress. So it is a good opportunity. So tonight it would be great, one, if we can get one of you um, to uh, serve on this panel. And Denise may be able to speak to that because I think she served on the most recent panel with the police headquarters. And then also just to um, give your blessing on this selection panel as we've designed it now. Obviously, we still need to fill a few slots, but hopefully you can agree on the, the um, representation that Adam, I give Adam full credit on this, you know, really pick out the appropriate folks to serve on a panel like this. A couple hands up, Daniel, then Joshua. So, Daniel, do you want to start? Hey there, Daniel Smith. Uh, nice to see you again, Adam. I just saw you on Saturday. Um, I would just like to volunteer to serve on the panel. Um, I've worked with Adam on some public art over the past uh, year or more with some some bus stop stuff at my former position at the United Way. I had a great time, so uh, I guess this is a credit to how easy it is to work with you that I would happily volunteer to work with you on, on another public art installation. Do we, uh, Joshua, go ahead. Joshua Foley, um, Daniel, I'm thrilled because I didn't want anybody to mistake my raising my hand as volunteering for that. Um, but I, I, a thought came to mind that I, I just thought I'd throw out there and I'd ask, I know that's, you know, in very, very close proximity to the Taste of Lawrence festivities that they often have. Um, and so I wonder to what extent maybe the, the Lawrence Chamber has been uh, involved in the process uh, as it'll, you know, as things like transit are going to great, can greatly impact Lawrence businesses uh, in, in interesting and compelling ways. And I, I didn't see them on the list and I know uh, they might have, you know, some helpful ideas. Um, so it's just a question that I'd throw out there. I think that's a good comment, uh, Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. They, so we've invited the chamber in to, you know, the discussions, particularly related to the downtown improvements when we were trying to engage with businesses in that area. Um, I have a vested interest in uh, um, anything that happens downtown, particularly parking spaces and other areas we were looking at for, for improvements. Um, so they've been involved in that piece of the process, but I, I, I like your thinking because it's true. Um, you know, we've we know now and we hope in the future that the transit continues to connect people to and from places they work, places they patronize. That's a good comment. Well, I, I, I don't want to speak for, for Ms. Doveton, but I think uh, there's some businesses out West that would like uh, similar attention and, you know, access and, and you know, uh, attendance, visibility as well, uh, that I think is pretty important. So a transit... You know, if we can increase that sort of traffic and increase that accessibility, that'd be great. Thank you, Joshua. I'm glad you drank the Kool-Aid. 
Dina, did you have a comment? I just have a quick question for the directionally impaired. This is Dina Amant. Um, so just to confirm that map, I was having a hard time placing the location. That map um, was oriented to show north on the top, I assume. And maybe this is incorrect, but I have heard uh, perhaps a rumor, but I've heard that there's a transit facility going in on the south side of Bob Billings um, on a KU property that's over there, basically right across the street from there. And perhaps that's incorrect, but I just wanted to confirm the actual location is north of Bob Billings. Uh, it is. It is south. Yeah. So I'll oh. just um, I'll just briefly. This is maybe a little more context. So it is okay. It is so. South. Yeah. This this is our site here. I'm just using Google Maps so you can see the Lead Center University. Oh. So, okay. So it is on the south side. Okay. Yeah. So it's not really in conflict with the location that the uh, chamber uses for the the taste of Lawrence. Uh, it maybe is in uh, conflict, so to speak, with the parking area, but it's not in the actual location where the taste of Lawrence is held. Is is that correct? That's true. Okay. Yeah. So it, at the so on the map that you showed. Uh, south was on the top of the screen then. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Maybe I need some help um, with no, Chase I... of Lawrence. Um, there's there's a couple of KU maintenance facilities south of Bob Billings there. And is that where Chase of Lawrence is held? Those parking Chase lots? of Lawrence is held on the north um, side of uh, of um, Bob Billings Parkway, I think in that grassy lot, right, here, right, right where you're where someone is circling. Okay, so so yeah, that that would not be impacted at all. Our site is down here to the south. south okay. Of Bob okay, I think on. Okay, I guess I got confused on the location before. I thought it was. Um, so okay, so it is. So the transit facility is going to go on the south side of Bob Billings. That's great. Okay, thank you for clarifying. Thanks for asking. Good to make sure people understand. Porter, I had a quick question about the timeline. I think you referred that the artists might have additional time. So even though the facility would open August 1st, it wouldn't be anticipated that the art would be up by then, or are we anticipating the art would be going up at the same time? I think ideally we'd love it if the art um opened at the same time as the building um, but we do recognize the timing on this and a lot depends on what the art is um, we have everything from object makers like sculptors to people that work in light so it could actually be a light installation where then the building itself you know is lit up in different colors or something to that effect and or we've talked about possibly doing something on the interior um, as an integrated, you know, aspect. Um, but again, all of these are just speculative at this point until we decide which artist is the best one to work on this project. Dina. This is Dina Ahmad. Um, so, uh, um, so understanding now that the location exactly that we're talking about, and I apologize if I didn't catch on to that a little quicker, but 
Um, there is some public art right now on the structure on the one of the buildings on the south side of Bob Billings Parkway, one of the KU buildings. Um, right now, it's some ceramic work where I understand that some of the ceramics um, professors are, are housed right now. And I wonder if there could be any um, uh, invitation perhaps made to the artist uh, who, uh, who did that work to include them on, on the proposal if this hasn't been done already, but to include them in on the, um, on the proposal for the art for the new transit facility. How about making that clear? I believe I understand what you're saying, and I and the the notion behind it is a good one. Um, I think what I would say is first I defer to KU and the art department to determine um, where those people are going to move and what the circumstances are. I don't know if those were meant to be permanent public artworks, um, and so I, I think we have to. I assume, and Adam, maybe you know, is I don't know how much demolition is going to occur there, but I'm assuming that. Um, those art studios that are down there are going to move. Um, and so I don't know what will happen to all of those things, individuals and artifacts. So Adam Weigel, transit manager. Um, there are uh, two main buildings on that site and we'll be impacting the Western building. It's one that we're actually aiming to repurpose it as opposed to full demolition um, to reuse some of the infrastructure that's there. Uh, but the, the artist using the ceramic studios in the eastern building, which we do not plan to uh, impact at all. Um, okay. So there's there's intention, I think, at this point for um, for the, that programming to continue. Um, as as far as uh, integration of their artwork into this particular process, um, I guess my my gut feeling is to you know kind of respect the proposals we got in the panel selection through that you know we're, we're we work with KU all the time um, since they also run a transit system and we are highly coordinated with um, with what we do on our side and they do on their side so uh, certainly work with them a lot I think it becomes a, a little tricky I guess in my mind to think about um, preferentially picking one one type art in the context of an open kind of an open request as we've done um, but that's certainly you know We'll see how, how things progress and, and if there's a kind of an avenue for, for that sort of collaboration. Yeah, Dina, go ahead. Um, Dina, I'm on again. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to imply giving anyone pre preferential treatment, but there is really some awesome artwork. And I'm glad to hear that, if I understand you right, that that building will not be demolished or impacted by the new transit facility. Um, but there's some really wonderful public artwork on that building already. So I, I just to make that artist, um, and I'm not really sure I know who that is, but um, make that artist aware of the uh, request for proposals, I think would be a great thing to do. Unfortunately, that opportunity is passed. Okay. So sorry. I, I, I love where you're going with this, but yeah, unfortunately, timing wise, the RFQ was, was already published and closed. Um, so I don't want to, you know, make any false um, sense to anybody out there. 
Um, but as Adam said, you know, there may be opportunities in the future for artwork to appear in different ways since it is on the KU campus there as well. Tasha, did you have a thought? I, yeah, no, I, I, I'm hoping I've, I've hired a couple of ceramicists uh, from KU and, and had them teach over at Haskell and everything. And, and I think if it, if it eases um, uh, Dina's mind, you know, the, the property is, is east of Crestline and the ceramics is is west on the on the other side down the road just a little bit and so it it sounds like none of those great it's i think from looking at the map there's you know some facilities buildings there um but that you know amazing sort of uh ceramics uh studio and workspace will remain untouched but if if there's some artwork there just to you know maybe attain some sort of continuity on that. I drive that road all the time, right down there. And I, you know, if I can see more beautiful things, that's great. I'm concerned about the traffic, but uh, we're, we're long past my uh, disagreement with that. But anyway, if that, if that helps to contextualize this project. Well, I think our action item was to appoint a representative to serve on the panel. We have Daniel who volunteered. Do we have anyone else that expressed interest? If not, how about a motion to recommend Daniel? I'll make that motion to recommend Daniel. This is James, by the way. Thank you, James. Do we have a second? Well, second, third, and fourth. This is Joshua Fallon. Do we have to do a roll call on this one, Porter? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, Dina Amat? Approve. Mary Devton? Approve. James Alexander? Approve. Christina Walker? Approve. Denise Stone? I approve. And Joshua Foley? I approve. And Marlo Angel? Oh, yes, approve. Thank you. Was there any other action we needed to take on this item? Um, we might as well, since we're, we're getting so good at these roll calls, um, I would ask that you approve the um, uh, selection panel as presented. Mm -hmm. um, we realize that there are still names that need to be filled in, but hopefully you're all agreeable. And um, I appreciate Joshua's point with the chamber. There's certainly other groups too. Um, whether they serve on the panel or also are, are um, part of the selection process and can contribute their perspectives, we can add people that way too. Um, I'm, you know, I, I like Joshua's idea, but I also realize there are other agencies out there that might be interested or, and, and you just can't accommodate everybody. So um, I, would, I would encourage you to accept the artist selection panel as is, if that's agreeable to everybody. Do we need a motion for that or is that just a roll call situation? Uh, you need a motion in a second and then a roll call. This is James. I'll entertain a motion to pass this selection panel as is. Thank you, James. I'll second. Dina Amat. Thank you, Dina. And now we'll do the roll call. I'll go ahead and approve as well as Marlo Angel. Daniel Smith. Also approve. Dina Amat. Approve. Mary Devton. Approve. James Alexander. Approve. Christina Walker. Approve. Denise Stone. 
Approve. Joshua Foley. Approve. Fabulous. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. So Thanks, Adam, Adam and I will get, yeah, we'll get working on this as quickly as it can, set up some meetings and um, work through this process and keep you posted on that. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Adam, for joining us. This was great to hear about thank the project. You. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Thanks, Adam. All right. Next on the agenda, review draft letter from LCAC to KCI airport selected artists. Do we have a screen share that we could pull up the letter? Yeah, let me just get to this. Here we go. And thank you, Joshua, for taking the lead on that, the letter. I read it and didn't have any suggestions to it. I thought it was amazing. This is Joshua. I'm, I'm glad that came out somehow, some way. Uh, it's been, we got construction in every building at Haskell. Um, <clears throat> and mine buildings are not exceptions to that. And so it was busy and it was hectic, but I, I, I hope and I welcome any recommendations to, to just get it done. They're, they're well-deserved uh, recognitions. So thanks. And they had um, two great articles in the journal world, I thought, and both Hong and Mona. So I thought that was terrific. So having our letter go out sooner than later, I think would be wonderful. There you go. Do any of the commissioners have feedback on this letter? It was emailed out a few weeks ago, I believe. And then a list of all the artists. And I would add all your names to the bottom like we did with the prior letter. Joshua, again, I didn't want to overemphasize it as much uh, as I, I, or I didn't emphasize it as much as I would like, but I, I think the diversity and, and inclusion was, was well done. And being unfamiliar with some of these names, uh, at least many of them that I did know, uh, included uh, a, a great deal of, of, uh, of women artists who, who just do stellar work and deserve this kind of recognition and acknowledgement and achievement. So I think it's wonderful. If we don't have any comments um, or suggestions, does someone want to make a motion to approve the letter? I just um, think, oh, go ahead, Mary. I was just going to say I'd make a motion to approve the letter. Perfect. Good timing. Do we have a second? I will second that motion. Daniel, thank you. All right. Well, let's do a roll call. Daniel Smith? Approve. Dina Mott? Approve. Mary Depton? Approve. Joshua Foley? Oh, couldn't hear you on that one. Approve. James Alexander? Approve. Christina Walker? Approve. Denise Stone? Approve. This is Marlo Angel. I approve as well. All right. This Next. is Joshua. As a as as a writer, I I want to edit it. 
I want to do that, but I'm, I'm not going to. Like, have to refrain. <laughs> Porter, do you need any additional steps from any of us on this one? Uh, no, I think that's good. I'm just one question I have is, um, is there an expectation that I actually mail this letter or my hope would be is that you would be agreeable that I can uh, deliver this via email. Um, I happen to be in touch with James uh, Martin, who is the um, public art administrator for Kansas City, and I'm sure I can get the emails for these folks. And a lot of these people actually I know um, so I could send this letter via email if that's agreeable. And that way we could deliver it individually to them. But um, I'm not even sure I remember how to do a paper letter anymore, sadly. <laughs> I'm all for saving trees. Anyone else have an objection to an email versus a paper mailing? I might, I might be in, this is Joshua Foley. I might, in my mind, be the oldest person on this commission <laughs> and so i i i, I want to like stamp uh -huh. and something to frame or i but no i'm I'm sure i'll be outvoted and i i think just that recognition is is worthwhile and i i think that's that's terrific yeah this is mary i i have to agree with joshua i i'm I think it's too easy to ignore email. And I think we all get very little real first-class snail mail. And I think it would make a bigger impact if it were sent via the post office. And I'm even older than he is. I agree with Mary. And I'm older than Josh. <laughs> But in but in my head, you Much guys are older. you. I in my in in our heads, you two are I think far younger, far smarter, far more capable than this guy. At yeah, no, I'm. You're I changing make, yourself. <laughs> no, I think I, we should send the messenger pigeons. No, I'm just Um, if, if you all will indulge me a little bit, I, I concur. I think a, a, a paper letter is better. Um, and now that I have a little staff support, I think we could probably figure that out. So let me see if I can dig up. My concern is honestly, that will probably slow this process down to some degree because I'll have to gather all those addresses and things. But as long as you understand that, um, I think we can probably do that. If I really run into some snags and it's taking too long, in my opinion, I will then possibly do email and then still send the letter also. So if that's, if that's agreeable, everybody, you don't have to vote on that, but just want to make sure we're all in agreement with that. That'd be great. Thanks. Fabulous. Okay. Moving on. Uh, old business update on arts culture crossings program. So, um, I hope you all got my notification that happily um, Alicia Kelly has done a great job in crafting this request for qualifications for artists. Um, this is currently published and is um, the deadline is November 8th, 2021. Please share this freely with anybody that you think might be interested and other people that might want to spread the word. 
Um, it's, you know, one of our fairly um, typical requests for qualifications, although it does add information about the social, asp social impact calculator or social impact wheel and the um, Center for Performance and Civic Practices, which I actually learned from Peter Hasso about that, which is a great program as well. Um, and then all the appropriate information. Commissions will be between $500 and $1,000. So we will have somewhere between five and seven artists, depending on how that works out. Alicia is very excited. She is, um, I saw her social media today. She's been broadcasting this out and really reaching out to artists in the community. And we did talk and um, she is in complete agreement um, to make sure that we really beat the bushes as much as possible and make sure that all artists are aware of this opportunity. Um, and she's, that's why we, you know, that's why I think she was hired because she's really connected in the arts community. So I'm excited about this. Um, word is out. And yeah, I just wanted to make sure that you all were tuned into this. The RFQ is on our page as well as the application form, which is an online form for people to submit for this. Oh, sorry. I didn't share my screen. So I'm sitting here talking about it as though I'm seeing it sorry um there it is apologies and it's on the agenda so people can also see it there happy to answer questions anyone have any questions for porter i thought the call looked great and i think you're right alicia's been doing gangbusters on social media getting it out and she's got a level of enthusiasm and engagement and i appreciate how she's committed to diversity and reaching out to artists that don't necessarily always apply. So I think it's really going to be really exciting to see what the proposals are. All right. Next item up was the update on the ODSE program. And on that, um, I promised that I would bring the three artists uh, proposals and share those with you so that you can see those which are here and in the packet. First is Dave Lowenstein who describes um, approximately a 36 inch by 48 inch light box and the window of a downtown storefront. They'll be illuminated from sundown till 10 p.m. every day. Designs will be created with acetate and cut paper. Themes will focus on resilience and mutual aid within the Lawrence community and be developed from the input I received through two free public workshops that he will lead. And so he's showing these are other examples of um, these light boxes that he's created. Interestingly enough, I really appreciate that Dave is doing this for Outdoor Downtown Sculpture Exhibition, which is also what Art and Culture Crossings was really meant to sort of open it up beyond just sculpture. So coincidentally, he's actually sort of doing what Art and Culture Crossings is intending to do, which is opening this up. And of course, he's um, someone who is very skilled with um, community-engaged projects. So he's bringing that to the this as well. So that's Dave Lowenstein. Uh, Will Vanerson, um, you may recognize his, his sculptures have um, been seen around town before. Um, he's a KU grad and has been um, exhibiting for quite a while since his, um, he actually was in the um, Outdoor Downtown Sculpture Program, well, I believe while he was still a student, but he's been doing very well in showing his work around um, other cities as well. 
So he showed these examples, which it's remarkable to me how different this one is than this one. Um, stylistically, I think this one is the one that is probably available for us. Um, so we're looking at um, part of it is that he submits these and then he does compete for other um, city sculpture walks. And so he often, you know, commits his artworks. So it's a timing issue, but I'm hoping that we can get this piece and possibly install it um, here at Sixth and Massachusetts on the um, um, plinth that we have in the in the garden area directly in front of City Hall. I just feel like that's a good spot for something like this. And then Tim O'Brien um, is creating something called Prayer Bead, which is a solid sphere of Osage Orin reminiscent of our planet. The sphere spins on an axle suspended on an oaken timber frame. Viewers encouraged by the carved instruction to spin the sphere, actively participating in the contemplation of the precious resources of our planet. This is a sketch. So basically it stands straight up. This is the sphere and then it has legs jutting out on either side. And then if you look at it from the other elevation, here's the sphere with an axle between and then this is the wooden structure and you can see there's the sphere. And here the, is the project in process. So the sphere with the axle inserted and then these are some of the um, wooden struts that he's creating. Um, he sent me this photo recently. So this shows the parts that he's creating. It's really beautiful woodwork. Um, and so that, yeah, I don't have a finished version of that because he's literally in process with this. And we're working with um, he and Parks and Recreation to determine a good site for this. It's a little challenging because it is physically interactive. Um, so we have to think about, you know, if there's a small group of people gathered, we don't want them blocking the sidewalk. Um, and the, the base of this is about four feet square. So we have to find a spot that um, can accommodate this. So we're working on that too. Um, so those are the three artists that we have. Um, it's working out nicely. I'm also in communication with um, Eric Feinstein, who is with AutoCast, um, who can hopefully both um, put these into his AutoCast online public art map. And also um, we can include the art and culture crossings um, artists as well. So, and I will be very honest with COVID and things, um, having trouble sticking to a uh, timeline this year. So my thinking at this point is art and culture crossings is probably not really going to occur until next year, which is fine. That's part of, of what we, we kind of thought was happening. Um, and thinking that while we can get these artworks up this year, it might be best to target a final Friday next year to really sort of celebrate these installations and things and do something more formal. Um, so I just want everybody to be aware that with COVID, we have just been delayed on so many levels that um, it's just hard to kind of put all this stuff together. And I know these artists are busy as well. That said, we have gotten these pay payments to these artists and they're definitely um, working on the project. Porter, when you say next year, what kind of timeline, like what season are we thinking of for that? It, you know, early spring. Um, you know, soon, honestly, basically, as soon as the weather starts shifting favorably, uh, we still don't know exactly how this COVID situation will look then. Hope and fingers are crossed, literally, um, that by then we're 
through the worst of it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, as soon as possible, but also recognizing we'll have winter and things too. But I think it'll make for a really exciting spring. And my hope is that as we come out of COVID, um, as we're seeing now, people really do want to get out and, and kind of get back to some level of normal. So I think it, it'll make for an exciting spring. And I think with the um, art and culture crossings, I don't think we'll do everything on one final Friday. So there'll probably be two or three final Fridays, which I think also creates a great opportunity as we honestly sort of open final Fridays back up as well. Any thoughts or comments, commissioners, on the ODSE proposals? I did want to give a shout out to the AutoCast. Like, it's been wonderful to do that in the past, to just walk along and to hear the artist statements about the work. So I love that idea. And I do love the idea of connecting it with the art and culture crossings. I do just want to make sure that it would be updated, you know, because like if the other work is temporary, just so there's no confusion if you were going on your walk and you had things that didn't exist anymore. So I don't know if that would take an extra technical step, but I just loved that project in the past. And so I'm really happy we're doing that again. Thanks. And yes, I realize we need to update it. There's <clears throat> still things on there that honestly are no longer even outside. <laughs> um, so I need to get with Eric regardless and get those things changed. Thank you. And um, two other items that I wanted to touch base on in miscellany. Um, one is just to start thinking about the 2022 retreat. Um, typically, we do that on a Sunday in um, January. Um, so schedule-wise, I'm not sure. And we don't have to decide this tonight, but I just wanted to start the conversation. Um, I think it would be like... January 9th is the second Sunday of the month. So that's something we traditionally have done. And so, yeah, just discussion, a little discussion at this point to decide if that's sounds appealing. Some of you will be, I believe, going off the board around that time. Yeah. Um, so there will be some changes happening as well. But just wanted to start, start you thinking about that. Would this be an in-person retreat this time or do we not know yet just kind of playing it by ear with COVID yeah I can't say for sure my hope would be yes we would be able to do it in person any thoughts on January retreat we can revisit a date later on I think when people know their schedules a little bit closer Tentatively, the night sounds good to me. Joshua, did you have a thought? Yeah, this is Joshua Folly. Um, <clears throat> I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm leaving the. I, I have met my term limit, and so is this something that I'm attending, not attending, in that transition, or, or no? Technically, um, your term, even people that are going off the board, the term goes through January, okay. uh, which is by design so that you can bring your great wisdom um, to the retreat and share that on your way out. Um, so you can attend. And, and I don't think even if you weren't available that you would be rejected if you wanted to attend. So if I have no wisdom to provide, I can stay home rest fair enough 
<laughs> no, I'll, I'll I'll be happy to be there and and do whatever it is. I just want to make sure I'm fulfilling my responsibilities. So. Yeah, let me. I'm trying to pull up the. Um, hang on, just a second. I'm trying to get to the board listing, which will tell me exactly who. Yeah, maybe that's incorrect, and Joshua can stay with us for another term. <laughs> I don't want you off this board. <laughs> no, Milo, stop it. I have I have too many of, of you in my life committing my time to things. Too valuable. Sh- Too valuable. I'm, I'm, I'm- wow. I forgot. Um, Jerry Johnson, Christina Walker, Joshua Falleaf, Marlo Angel, and Denise Stone are all going to be going off the board. So that's quite a large group of uh, good wisdom. So yeah, it'd be great to make sure that you guys are, are there. Um, I think, you know, a big part of this, we're definitely transitioning more and more into the strategic plan. And so including some, um, you know, some thoughts on that will be really important as well. And obviously, we'll have some new members um, at that point too, new appointees. So so I will, what I will do is um, I'll just keep penciling this in on the agenda so we can keep it in front of us. And then I'll start. And then I would say next month, start talking about uh, a general sort of um, structure for the meeting and, and what sort of things we want to discuss. If that works for everybody. This is, this is, this is Joshua. I think, I think all of us exiting get to declare what day and time that happens. Because if it doesn't happen at that day and time, we can just not go. It's kind of my thought. Marlo, you're, you're chairing this meeting. What do you think? We'll meet for drinks at Merchants, whatever day that is. <laughs> that changes the whole concept of lame duck. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> not that you were elected anyway. Um, yeah, we can, and we can look at other dates too. And then another thing that is not on the agenda, but that we still need to talk about is the community arts grants. Um, I sent you all an email. I did talk to the finance department. And while the idea of going back and working with the um, applicants from the previous year um, is, is something we considered very seriously, I also realized that that might not be really equitable in the sense that some groups um, could certainly have those shovel-ready projects ready to go, but if others couldn't, it, it makes it sort of um, uncomfortable um, who gets to go and who doesn't. So the good news was I talked to um, finance, and those funds can roll over. Um, we just have to make sure that we um, do a budget adjustment with the city commission to, to that they would authorize taking those funds from one year to the next year. So that's one advantage of the transient guest tax program. Um, so that's what I would suggest for both um, the community arts grants and for the Phoenix Awards. And then we can do the Phoenix Awards art selection early next year and then actually have the awards and also have the community arts grants, which conceivably will have $50,000 instead of $25,000. So would so, the community arts grants be open this spring or what would the timeline be if we're saying we next would, year? They would be open. So would, so the, the one caveat to what I'm telling you is that any TGT funds have to be allocated and spent in that uh, calendar year, that fiscal year. 
So yes, we'd open the TG grant basically like we used to do it. We started the TGT or sorry, community arts grants um, early in the year and then made the selection in March. Um, and then um, it runs for programs that are happening throughout the rest of the year. And this would be the one that could have the 50,000, the both years combined budget. Correct. I think that sounds great. Any and it, yeah, I mean, I will say that um, right now things look really good for the TGT. Um, hotel stays are up and, and doing well. So I, I don't anticipate problems with this, but um, you know, barring the unforeseen as we've been living with the last two years. Any feedback from the commission on the community arts grants timeline? I think it sounds great. Um, and I, that's all I have on the agenda. Porter, was there anything else miscellany? Um, Denise, I didn't know if you wanted to talk tonight about the mural um, application. We could talk about it at the retreat. Oh, okay. I mean, it, it could be a time to look at whether we need to include some language in the guidelines that stipulate whether or not email, um, verbal comments, and or verbal comments are allowed into as part of the approval process, because right now there is no indication in the mural guidelines whether that's possible. And what I've noticed is in the process, there's some applications, there's been one application that was sent back to the drawing board and another one allowed verbal comments and emails to be included as the completion, as part of the completion of the mural. And so I'm not sure that really isn't equitable. And the other part that I don't see is equitable now is the way um, neighborhood comments are included. Although I have to say, the one that we reviewed tonight did a great job of including neighbors in their application. And so that isn't really true across the board. And so how can we make this equitable so that this reflects the city's um, structural plan that states that there should be equitable um, treatment of all people and all issues, so on and so forth. So maybe tonight's not a really good time to talk about it, but we could talk about it at the retreat. Thanks, Denise. And I just want you to know that, that your comments, um, I've, I've definitely heard those. And Louis, I, I say Louis, is it, does he go by Louis or Louis? Louis. Louis. Uh, Louis really did his homework. Um, he's yeah. been working with me for several, for two months now. And um, he sent me, you know, he sent me drafts of his proposal and I made comments about how important those letters of support would be and that type of thing. So I was able to sort of coach him along um, which worked out really well. And yes, I agree with you. Then the result is good because he really did cross his T's and dot his I's. Um, so um, trying to, you know, help work with people and give templates. But I completely agree. It's worth looking at that and making sure it is absolutely as equitable as possible. Right. Thank you. Joshua. This is Joshua Foley. I, I don't want, I don't have a comment on this 
subject, so I don't want to preclude anybody else from making a comment, but I just wanted to, while we're in miscellany, say something. So if anybody else wants to talk about that, I, I completely support Ms. Stone's uh, comments, but can I mention something else? Yeah, did anyone um, else have any comments on that? I think, go ahead, Joshua. I don't, I don't want to put Christine on the spot, but uh, there's an event happening over at Spencer tomorrow at noon that uh, if I, I don't know very much information about it, I've been planning another thing at three, uh, but if you would be willing to share what you know about what's going on tomorrow at noon at the Spencer, I think that'd be worth public notice. Let me just pull up some information about that so I get it correct here. Um, looking at some emails. So I believe it is a rededication of the work by Native American artist um, Edgar Heap of Birds, the Native Hosts panel that were, four of them were vandalized and the fifth one was stolen and returned. Um, but we've managed to um, get replacement objects from the artist. And I believe it's tomorrow. And I wanna say it's at 11 o'clock in front of the Spencer. So um, there'll be a rededication of that work. And I think it's hosted by KU First Nation Student Union, if I'm correct about that. That's and that's great. open for everybody. So yes, thank you. That's for really great. That. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Joshua. I didn't know that it happened. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I think it, it came up fairly quickly. I'm sure it's there's something more about it on our website on the Spencer Museum of Art website. I would imagine so. Oh, and and the uh, First Nation First Nation Student Association is the, the the organization that kind of does you know, make sure that we're represented on, on KU campus and in a meaningful way. And, you know, artists, uh, whether native or not, um, representing uh, any community from which they come uh, don't deserve that kind of treatment. And so I think uh, Haskell and the Haskell community, uh, the native community here in Lawrence is, is really appreciative. Um, I had a a faculty member passed this week um, and you know we got people in our community who want to do both and so we had to do some arranging uh, and, and organizing to to make sure that people could uh, both support native arts but also appreciate our friend and colleague so thank you Christine I appreciate that yeah, I just want to make one correction. It's actually at noon tomorrow, not eleven o'clock. Yeah, I think I, I think when I, in our arrangements, uh, uh, Mr. Manny King, one of our beloved people, are going to be up there, and um, uh, Christy McKinney, who volunteers over at Spencer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, should be at both. So we we made some arrangements, and I think it's important. And so it's, it'll be a good thing. It'll be a good thing, not just for native artists, native communities, but all those who experience the kind of hatred and uh, discrimination 
Uh, that they do. So thank you again, Christina. Thank you all. Thank you, Joshua and Christina. I think that shows solidarity and the art community will be really strong. So I appreciate you bringing that into public attention. All right, I think that was last on our plate. Oh, Mary, go ahead. I, I just want to add a thank you to those of you who were able to attend the Arts and Culture Forum with the City Commission candidates on Saturday. Um, there was a great turnout. I think there must have been between maybe 50 and 60 people there. Um, and I understand at that point, it was the best attended forum that they had had. Now, I, I think the one this morning at Maselli's was probably very well attended as well. But anyway, thank you. Um, it, it was a very interesting forum. I'm glad you brought that up, Mary, as well, because the video is still out there. So if you weren't able to attend, if you go to the Art Center page, that Vimeo link is still active. Um, and maybe Porter, I could send you the Vimeo link and you could share it with the commissioners because they brought up so many great issues that we've sort of been dancing around for these past couple of years, like the TGT funding was brought up to the city commission candidates. And I thought the moderator did a wonderful job of navigating it and making that present in everyone's minds. And it was really interesting to see the various feedbacks and um, thoughts behind those commissioner candidates. So very well worth your time to watch it. Great. Yeah. Send that along. That. All right. If there's nothing else, I'll entertain entertain a motion to adjourn. So move. This is I'll Mary. Second the motion. Mary. Mary first, second. James, thank you, thank you. And now we'll do our roll call. This is Marlo. I'll approve the adjournment. Denise. I approve. Dina Amat. Approve. Mary Depton. Approve. Daniel Smith. Approve. James Alexander. Approve. Christina Walker. Approve. Joshua Folly. Hi. Well, I'm going to give Jerry a big thanks next time. I didn't realize how hard this job was, but it was fun. <laughs> Hope he starts feeling better. And thank you all for a great meeting. This was fantastic. You did a great job, Marlo. Thank yes, you. Christina. Thank you, Marlo. Thank you oh, all. Appreciate it. Have Happy a good night, All everybody. Happy Hallows' Eve. Thank you. You too.